0: Welcome to the Paving the Ways podcast. I am your host, Georgie Arabella, here for you, the radical dreamers that know there is so much more to life than the world that they were born into. We are here to inspire you with tales from those doing things their own way, to hopefully arouse you into letting go of how you think things are supposed to look and to find your own evolving path through life. I speak to leaders of love, who embody and live their alternative and unique ways of thinking. So I invite you now to open your mind and heart, get comfortable, take some deep breaths, and join us in the here and now, where everything is possible. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Paving the Ways podcast. Tonight, today, I have on the show Mia Moore. Mia is a mystic, a poet and a lover of all life and death. Her background in dance, embodiment, creative therapies and sexuality gives a blend of the artistic to the world. She was born in the Arctic North and traveled the seven continents before the age of 30 and currently resides in the paradise of Byron Bay. She runs online programs about astrology, Dakini work, and embodying the cosmos and hosts in-person dance and void temples weekly. So hi, Mia, welcome mm-hmm. to the show. Thank you for coming on.
1: Hi, Georgie, welcome.
0: Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you
1: for welcoming me.
0: you <laughs> for welcoming me too. <laughs> So uh, I know that you do a lot of body work and something that's been on my mind recently is um, this kind of chapter of social distancing. And I think for people like me and probably like you, when we're in our communities and with our friends and family, you kind of forget um, what's going on for so many people out there. Uh, so something that's I've been really contemplating on is like wow if we're not careful this social distancing can become the 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 norm which is quite Mm. um, which could be quite worrying if that happened so i'd love to hear your perspective on this
1: yeah i mean we kind of started uh diving straight into it um i was very fortunate throughout 2020 because the pandemic didn't really touch Byron Bay like we didn't really have cases like it never rose to a level where I think we went through a two-week period of like okay we need to isolate because a friend of ours came from abroad but like you know we were still in this very liberal sense of like okay everything's kind of cancelled but nothing's really happening to us like there's no um, big swells up and just following the global situation almost from afar and from TV, um, my only interaction with, you know, we never wore masks. My only interaction with the whole reality was two days in Melbourne over the New Year's and it really traumatized me. So as a perspective of someone who's, yeah, really worked with the body all my life and I decided halfway through the year to really run weekly events based on touch and dance and embodiment as almost like the balance point to all the distancing that was going on. And I felt like I was doing something in the in the time of prohibition, you know, like I was like, oh, I'm running these underground contact dance temples, like don't tell anyone, like you can just come to my house and we'll keep it small. And And it was such an oasis to a lot of people like it just became a community of like okay I need my oxytocin I need my skin touched and especially for people who haven't got close family or partners or anyone to live with I just I can't even imagine like I can imagine I've been there and I've lived in isolation a lot in Finland where I come from that's kind of the norm the cultural norm is social distancing but having almost like rehabilitated myself throughout my whole life to be dependent on touch, I'm 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 just following the world and I'm looking at the world, really asking this question like, are are we okay? Like, are you okay? Would you like some touch? Like where are you getting your your nervous system needs met?
0: Mm. Yeah. So growing up in Finland, do you remember a part of your life where you thought, "Hold on, I don't want to. I don't want to do things like this. I need the touch. I value the touch."
1: Yeah. Um, so, just on that background, I, when I was growing up, I think throughout my life, like I don't remember going from childhood to teenage, and it changing. The winter is six month long, and it just killed something in my brain, you know, like it is literally nighttime, 20 hours a day. And everyone in the culture is already quite isolated. We don't have a hugging culture. We don't have a kissing on the cheek culture. We are, we say we wave high, And like, maybe you hug your friends um, on occasion, but it's really not a touchy feely place to begin with. And then you add this like frosty minus 20 degrees to it in the nighttime and we start to really live inside our heads and inside our own little boxes of whatever is going on here and translating that to the outside world. Um, maybe you've noticed Scandinavian culture can be quite weird and quite freaky and there's all these like anomalies um, almost as if when we get stuck in our own heads, we go on tangents of all kinds, including mental illness and including alcoholism being very common. Um, and I suffered from kind of seasonal depression throughout my teenage life. And in my childhood, it was panic attacks, really being scared of the dark. Um, so I knew at 18, I was like, I'm done, I need to leave. I can't handle another winter in this climate also because I didn't have connections and I didn't have closeness to other human beings that would understand me and feel me. Um, So I took a leap of faith and I just, you know, applied to a university and I left. I was like, okay, this country, I'm just going to go there and see what happens And, and found dance and found really dance improvisation has been this like pillar in my life of I get to move emotions through my body. And I've been on that journey since then.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the most beautiful lessons, or um, yeah, things I've got from contact dances, is learning to have conversations with the body. And I think that it's really helped me in in verbal conversations as well, being able to like listen to someone whilst listening to myself, and and flowing flowing through these decisions rather than than like abrupt abruptness which I can do when I'm like by myself or um in more like isolation
1: yeah there's there's 90% of the conversation happens below the head and consciousness um and I'm really in a constant debate with like okay how do we add more conversation of the body into it like we can all read body language it's a very subconscious instinctual talent and like ability of the body and the animal brain that we have we can read when someone's in distress we can read when they're in aggression that's beneficial to our survival but I would also love to actively use that like I often come to a space especially if I'm leading or if I'm offering a session where I need to calm my nervous system first and approach someone especially a stranger in from that place of loving them the most unconditionally before I even meet them which makes them relax which makes creates trust um, and sheds a lot of layers quicker than a conversation
0: would Mm. I feel like I'm at this, um, this kind of year in my life where I'm really exploring um, open verbal communication and, and expressing my desires and my thoughts and stuff. So where would that, where do you think that kind of comes into this nonverbal conversation where sometimes maybe things don't need to be verbally said?
1: Mm. Um, for me, body language is a language to itself and it's pre-cognitive it's before we can think about it so your body has an instinctual immediate response to whatever is going on before you even notice it you know like we freeze when there's a loud noise um like anything happens we shiver Um, We do want to like trauma release and just shake often after something happens. You've seen dogs and cats do that. Like, Oh, I fall from somewhere and like it's off. Um, But what makes human beings particular is I feel like they spend a lot of time in freeze when something happens. Like we're like rabbits stuck in the headlights and especially in a world of continuous stress, we just like tend to, bottle things up and hold things in and then you go to have a massage and try to figure out how your body was used to being before it got into that state um so a lot of the conversation is just kind of jabbed into the body and it's not coming through um so i would start with loosening the body and again like moving on your own by yourself at least trying to establish this connection between the mind and the body for yourself so that there is enough time to like notice oh I had a reaction to that how do I actually how does my body feel about this person or this issue that I'm dealing with and I often go into just like a five minute you know instead of speaking to my partner if we're having an argument I'll just rather go and like emote and feel and move it through before I can form a coherent sentence of what's actually going on,,
0: mm-hmm, I love that, so if people were listening and they they were thinking i wanna I want to explore more touch um and like deeper communication with the people around me, but it's not really the norm in my family, say, do you have any suggestions for how to kind of lean into those new ways
1: yeah um. I'm really lucky that I I went into kind of the dance and movement and bodywork realm through kind of therapeutic approach, and within that there's a lot of speaking about okay what's okay with boundaries and also how to dance with people who are in various states of psychological health or even incapacity to move. Um, I did a beautiful course on. Um, moving with people who might be in wheelchairs or I used to work with elderly with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and really anyone can dance and anyone you can establish rapport with anyone literally strangers like it should be possible with your family or even just like people in the shop from a distance we can start to mimic each other's body language and there's something fun about doing things in synchronicity And this is something that I only picked up when I went to Africa, which is also a big teacher of mine in like embodied tribal communication is doing things in the same rhythm, whether it's walking, whether it's breathing, whether it's talking, there's an inherent rhythm underlying everything. And I feel like especially Western society has just fallen out of that rhythm. So it's not, um, yeah, like that's what's causing such a jabbing reaction and a technical, like kind of this boxy approach to life. Um, So I would try and first of all, find a rhythm, a common rhythm that we can all be in, whether it's a rocking back and forth um, or it's just sitting on a couch and leaning on someone and just leaning with the shoulder, touching another person, especially if it's family members. And just breathing and just finding enough time, taking enough time to breathe together. Um, that simple gesture is so profound to another person's nervous system. It's, it's establishing that we're, we're almost in the same womb. We're breathing in synchronicity. Like that's all it takes. The next step from that would be putting some more weight on it and really feeling like with weight comes trust. And that's kind of the first thing of contact. I'm trying to get people to lean on each other, just seeing how much can they let go. And when you find that place where you're both leaning on each other equally and there's actually a third point of balance, that's really stable. That's like, okay, now we can move from that place and we've established our third, like our joint point um, in the world.
0: Mm. So what do you think is happening? I guess there's like, there's loads of science when, when humans touch and obviously for most, it feels really good and it feels nourishing afterwards. But I wonder what it is about touch that that is like so innate to human need and human connection. Yeah.
1: Um, one thing that i did some research about especially in terms of that rhythm and breath thing is that it returns us to the womb and the womb is like you know the womb is the pre-life like we came from that place and almost the fetal energy died when we were born into separation when we were born as human beings here So we lived nine months in perfect symbiosis with another body. There was another heartbeat to listen to. There was another breath to listen to. So a lot of music and a lot of, you know, therapeutic approach to dance and movement is trying to return to those two elements, the beat, the heartbeat, and the melody as the breath. Um, So if we can establish those two things, so we have a rhythm with someone else and we're breathing together we literally return to almost a common womb-like environment and we feel connected to the world at large like some part of the system the cellular body actually connects back to like oh i'm involved and i'm enveloped in a bigger Mm. whole, which allows us to let go which allows us to surrender and feel this like unison with the rest of the world instead of feeling separate isolate
0: from it Mm. Mm. because even like uh just sometimes just like a brush on the shoulder like you mentioned that light touch can completely alter the way I'm feeling and kind of brings me back to a place of home and like oneness very Mm -hmm. very instantly yeah uh I'm thinking about like Di- like resensitizing our bodies to touch um, because so many parts of my body I didn't even realize were quite numb and it didn't really um, feel so pleasurable when I would touch certain areas. And the more that I explore myself, it's, it's almost, it really becomes orgasmic in, in kind of any inch of my body. Um, mm. so, so, really deepening into that sensitivity of my body is um, has been a really enjoyable, uh, what would it call, discover uh, journey for me. Mm. Um, I'd love to know how you kind of see the pathways to reintroducing touch into mainstream society and even just like communication and intimacy between strangers and Uh, neighbors and things like
1: that Mm. Um, yeah this is something that I'm taking on as a research question this year and I really want it to almost extend contact and um, something else that I do weekly called void hours to the world so that people can start um, doing that process and like I said I think the first thing is coming in touch with your own body and like you're, like you're saying, like realizing there's numbness or there's trauma after months and months of lockdown. Um, we had a few people who came to the dance from Melbourne and who had spent, you know, five months in like extreme lockdown. The Melbourne took very big measures as like one of the cities in Australia that was really, really in um, hard imposed kind of lockdown in a city um, and they came to Byron, which is this oasis in nature, there's so many waterfalls and also came to festivals like came in New Year's time and afterwards, and had a, reached a point where the is like this is not safe like this is going against everything we've just been told not to do. Um, So I'm aware that most of the world at the moment might be in that, um, almost like there is a threshold to how much touch can you take? How much closeness and intimacy are you available for before that system kicks in? And like, no matter how much we've avoided it or didn't watch the news or really we don't wanna buy into the fear, um, I feel that it lives in the collective body right now, globally. And the first things would really be releasing the fear, like freeze tension and letting it go and shaking it off, really looking at animals in trauma, how they like clench up into a cage and then try to bite you when they come out. Um, we've seen domestic violence increase, um, And I feel like that's just someone's trauma response. Like that's literally how the body responds and seeks connection um, in its worst case scenario. Um, So normalizing touch again, as soon as possible would be my approach. If I was a minister of touch in any government um yeah like if it's if it's not a handshake maybe it can literally be that lean on the shoulder maybe it can be a back-to-back greeting so that we're not breathing on each other but like something that actually allows our nervous systems to feel connected again um that would be my first approach um and like i said just establishing places of rhythm together Um, a lot of singing circles, you know, like choirs and even religious and like ceremonial settings. When they sing together, that kind of naturally happens. Our breath and our heartbeat synchronizes and causes us to have such a beautiful experience. So creating more places, even if it's with, you know, how many people you can have in your space or in your house or in a public park, and coming together into a singing or a dancing. Um, I'm going to organize a little flash mob here in the end of our contact season um, based on something called flocking, which is kind of looking like a bit like a Tai Chi movement, but we're all doing the same thing together. But But the beautiful thing is no one's made a choreography, like everyone's just following each other. So tuning into how does my body just like imitate mirror, like take in someone else's movement and translate it into mine. And then we all just move like a flock of birds through the space or a school of fish. Um, anything that is more of a group um, feeling to me creates enough healing to start Feeling like okay, I'm a part of a bigger whole. I'm not just stuck at home um,
0: by myself. Yeah, because yeah, if you compare the image of that flocking to essentially the way that people are communicating at the moment, it would be like you know, nobody's well, not nobody, but some people aren't listening. They're just doing what they want. They're not watching out who's behind them, and it's like this. That's why there could be so much chaos because everybody's. Mm banging into each other within this small space, especially in a city. And even if they're not having conversations, still these these thoughts are flying around. And I think an exercise like that, even just once, can really allow that to sink into the body of how we can flow together, how we are one being dancing through time and space. So I really love the sound of that idea. Yeah. Hmm. So where do you see the role of body work and um, your dakini work kind of coming in to pave the way for the future that you would like to see around you? Um,
1: yeah, the other part, I guess we talked a lot of, on that creating that connection again to the outside, creating a connection internally and with the body to body um, touch is a whole different world. It's almost like, okay, we can dive so deeply into the cosmos. Um, I'm introducing. I guess, a concept of six bodies that we can be aware of and that we can move with and we can dance from. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be dance. It's literally just moving. Um, One of them being the mental body. Like, yes, there's there's enough content here to create a dance all of its own. Um, And a lot of times, like, really modern electronic music sounds like it's made in the neuronal circuits of the brain. Um, I had a period in my life where I really enjoyed just new music, like new sounds. I wanted to explore what, what movement have I not made yet. Mm. Um, when it comes to sensitizing, resensitizing skin and receiving touch and giving touch, um, one of the ways that I'm leading and which is why I'm offering a Dakini program even if it's online but as as an encouragement to people especially in female bodies to offer the love offer this nourishment of like hey there's beauty there's grace there's an inherent wisdom especially within this lineage of women who offer from their life force um to others and when I started adding eroticism into body work like I used to do body work with you know just normal deep tissue and then I transitioned into more of a tantric approach to it I noticed there was way more connection and it was way more charged as a session space so it's not just a passive receiver and a giver the roles were more in communication to each other and there's A lot more listening required there's an interaction that happens between two bodies similar to dance um which is why i really got fascinated by the amount of change the amount of again like healing or awakening that can happen within a session um And also because the genitals are almost like the center of our universe in some ways, that's the center of the body and all of our urges and literal life force rises from that. Um, So to not to consider that or be afraid of that is also very telling of just in your own body of like, how much can I allow myself to live or to feel or to have connection even with myself, not to mention my partner or another being. Like how comfortable are you with genital touch? Um and the way I work with the body now is literally just listening. Like there isn't a program or a formula that I want to impose on anyone. It's more a listening of what the what does this body need right now? Mm. And that I develop slowly and this is something that I'd love to kind of add and start delivering a longer kind of program of is really how do we read body language how do we start to really gain this eye of analyzing this person's just how they move means that they have attention here and attention there and if I just place my hands on a certain point in the body the whole system becomes aware of that point and starts, you know, unfolding itself again. Um, so there's a lot of lot to be said on the nature of touch, the intention of your touch, the intense intention of the other person. What are they willing to release? What's actually possible in between us when we're doing this dance?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the reading of body language is so important when uh, introducing touch to people that maybe aren't um, as tactile as as I am. So I sometimes have an impulse to just, you know, go out to everyone and want to hug them. And, and some people are not ready for that. And it's, even um, I was in Thailand during lockdown, and it got to the point where some people were saying no to hugs because of um, COVID. And it was mm-hmm. like, it was a, it's a really big lesson and a learning for me to, to know how much is too much and how to kind of ease people in because the, it's like pleasure and, and touch and sensitivity is really something that needs to be stretched lovingly into. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, the quickest way to tell, even with your own body, um, So I'll invite everyone who's listening to try and practice and just put your hands on your body or let them wander around and just find tissue that would feel tense or anywhere in the body that feels numb or anywhere that you actually haven't touched in a long time. I'm feeling into my calves. That might be tense because I'm sitting down. And even if you're tensing something because you're in a posture, what if you put your hand there and start breathing into that place and softening that tissue and that muscle? And just feel what happens to the rest of the body. Once one, one tissue, one muscle group relaxes, the whole body starts Relaxing. And the biggest point that happens is that our nervous system and our focus point changes and starts being in proprioception, being from the inside out. Um, So spending a lot of time in self-caress and remembering the body, um, in particular if you're in a city, in particular if you're in public transport or, you know, in a place that is full of people but feels disconnected, um when I was doing dance movement therapy studies um I literally had to move out of the city because I couldn't handle my body becoming so soft and so aware of every movement every person's whatever is going on for them um I moved to the countryside and I had to live in my own house to be like okay I don't hear anyone else's stuff um so there's, there's definitely time for just being by ourselves, calming the nervous system for yourself and knowing that oftentimes when we're with someone, that's our, that's our response. Our body is already responding to them before we interact.
0: Mm. Yeah, and with the touch, like the self-touch, I find that if I have tension somewhere, all it really needs is some, is some attention, some awareness, and when I can bring spaciousness into that place, it allows it to transform really quite rapidly often. Yeah. It's a great practice. So yeah. um, I'd love for you to share um, anything that's on your mind, if you have anything um, else you'd like to share with the audience, and then also um, a bit about what you're currently like offering in the world. Hmm. person um
1: yeah um feeling into do I have any closing statements um yeah what I really want to offer and I want to do this online as well starting soon um Is to do literally weekly sensitization jams, like whatever you want to call it, but basically extending all of the contact and the practices that I'm doing in person and really having a laboratory for people online anywhere in the world to join and do that sensitization like just even if it's self-touch even if it's touch just with whoever you live with whether it's your parents or your partner that just simple exercises and inquiries into okay how do we just create connection amongst the tribe and the immediate like community that we are in it seems so vital that we start going down and grounding and earthing um into the body and also into the location that we are living in right now um i have felt how what a beautiful opportunity it is to actually deepen with cer- certain core people in your life where you are right now mm-hmm. yeah and i'm starting dakini uh, st- a third round of dakini work uh In February eleventh, and it's just like last spots remaining, so I'm not sure when this is going to come out. But do reach out if you feel called to actually give touch to the world and want to learn more about it.
0: Mm. So is that online the Dakini stuff?
1: Yeah, and how online?
0: How do you find that you keep this like level of connection and intimacy? whilst doing online stuff because I know some people have resistance me included to doing online things
1: yeah um it's mainly based on just practices that you do and I invite people if they want to work with someone this whole time they have a partner that they can rehearse with and do practices with Um, like I don't really enjoy doing lectures and sitting in front of the computer either so i'm trying to do even if we're having group calls um there's mainly like a half an hour bulk of just movement um and i'm aware that um that resistance definitely comes like that screen resistance definitely comes from the body as well um so we just need to find more ways of like okay maybe we just face this way while we're talking and you know, I'm hoping that screens will evolve into something more ergonomic and dynamic. Um, maybe I can project your image to the wall and it's different than having it on a screen. Um, but yeah, so far it's, it's worked and it's reached the world. So I, I want to extend that as much as I want to extend practices to my local immediate community.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I've released so much resistance to online stuff after having a really profound connections and embodied experiences. And it's, it's a, an incredible tool to connect us with people doing things that we can't find on our, in our local neighbourhood. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's definitely powerful running alongside the in-person stuff
1: yeah and it's actually attested to me i've been in a few containers where we can feel each other from afar like if i'm if i'm starting to have a process or an energetic engagement with you it actually translates through the whole planet which is phenomenal which is amazing Mm. like doing partner stuff or dating someone online like we all felt like this like okay but my body's activated right now um we can't even control these things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the whole universe of what our body is capable of is still under research for me. Like I might go back to school and try to um, study that further because it's such a big field.
0: Yeah, and I think doing online stuff kind of gives me space to observe my own body without thinking... Should I touch them? Do I want to touch them? With that eliminating the touch kind of then allows even more exploration within myself.
1: Mm. Yeah. And we are only with our own nervous system in space, which also helps. Like every time you add a person, you add a whole universe of intel and information to the room. Mm
0: amazing so is there anything I think I've kind of asked that already but is there anything you'd like to say before you go anything you'd like the listeners to hear
1: no I think just keep dancing or touching yeah. each other or <laughs> if you can't touch anyone else just touch yourself yeah. and you know be with the body like just be with it um I seen yeah I guess this is the last point I want to make but I see a lot of bodies walking around it's almost like a dog on a leash like humans look like they're just like mechanically trotting along going about their business um so think about it think about whether you have a leash from the mind to the body and if you could just unleash yourself for a moment and how would that feel and look like in form
0: yes i love that image Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for all that you've shared. Um, this is like touch and dance and topics and experiences very close to my heart. So I'm really um, grateful to have this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Paving the Ways podcast. If you like this episode, please support me by leaving a review, subscribing, and sharing with someone you think may enjoy this conversation. All of your support really goes a long way with small podcasts, so I appreciate every bit of your help. I would love to hear your favorite parts of the conversation via Instagram or email. And if you want to see what I'm up to at the moment, check out my website, georgiearabella.com. For now, keep dreaming big, keep taking steps from your heart, and pave your own way to a more blissful here and now.